0: Hello this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast and around here our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment you are limitless and you are powerful. We have a guest Bea Bliss with us here today. Welcome. Hello. She is a holistic sexologist and pleasure mentor so we are very excited to see what we get to learn today (laughs) so how did you become a sexologist we love this
1: great question hi thanks for having me christy So, rewind a long 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 time ago i've always been very explorative with my sexuality even though i was told that i should be a a lady And that led me to becoming an escort of all things. So my curiosity led me to sex work and then working in the sex industry, I was studying psychology and I was like, how can I use these skills that I'm learning in counseling and psychology to help people with their sexuality? Because I was already doing therapy with them with no clothes on. I thought, no, this is not going to work for me to do this job underground. So I transitioned from sex work to holistic sexology instead. As so I didn't finish my psychology degree because I just didn't believe in the talk therapy side of things. And I noticed when people were in their bodies and they were given an opportunity to be witnessed in that space without their clothes on, that they were um, they were healing a lot. Faster than they were, with just talking and going to an office and and all the formalities. So that's the short version of how I became a holistic sexologist.
0: Yeah. Well, I have a lot of questions for you, and I'm sure we're going to trigger a lot of people. I'm excited to talk about those triggers. Good. We can handle them because a trigger just shows us what we're either out of alignment with and need healing, or you know, a lot of different things. So. Um, Lots of, lots to talk about for us, but I'm going to start with pulling a card.
1: These
2: are our question cards. Oh, I love these cards.
1: What do you hope your love
2: feels like?
1: What do I hope my love feels like? What a perfect
2: card
0: for this topic.
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I, mm, I am in a long-term relationship with the most amazing partner I could ever, ever, ever ask for. And for me, it's about being seen and witnessed and accepted for who I am, how I am, all parts of, of me. So you know, with, with the the 50 shades of beer. So the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing, the powerful, the, the dorky, the <laughs> all of it. So really love in my view is that to to be you know the the unconditional love to be accepted for what is and not trying to fit in a box and be a certain
2: way. Yeah I love that.
0: And congratulations for me in the relationship with amazing partner. (laughs) We all strive
1: for that. Yes. It wasn't always like this. I'll tell you, I don't know how much time you got, but I can tell you that my relationships were very dysfunctional until the day that I started looking uh, at my own crap. Okay. I say crap. Is that okay? Is that allowed?
0: I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's, I love that. So, okay. So many things on my mind, and then I know you're going to give us some really good, solid um, understanding of pleasure and what pleasure is a woman, but these are the things that's crossing my mind. You talk about being naked, nude, you know, I know that there's communities out there of people like literally housing developments around people that are nudists and do things like that. And I, no matter how hot of a body I have, I just would never want to do that. So tell me about that. Like what... Is it inside of somebody that is so unapologetic and free to do that? And somebody who is not?
1: I love this question. It's so great. And it's interesting because if you really think about it, it has to do with our conditioning, with with the environment we were brought up. So for example, I grew up in a house where we never closed the door to shower or to go to the toilet. So for me, naked bodies were normal. I never thought of, oh, I have to hide or because it was okay. <laughs> and when you're little, whatever you're exposed to, you take that as the the normal, the way things are. So you don't question that because that's your environment. So for me, growing up and having to close the door to go to the toilet when I'm not home is weird. <laughs> to have to shower with the door closed is weird. <laughs> and and it's this piece around. What does it mean? A body is just a body. What does, why does we have to, co- to cover our chest or our genitals, but we don't have to cover other body parts. So everything goes back to the meaning we give to things. What does it mean to be naked? What does it mean to be seen in your, without clothes on? It doesn't mean anything unless you assign meaning to it. So I remember when I was younger, I was super fit, but I could not see that in the mirror. And I was always like, I must be skinnier. I must be skinnier. <laughs> and my friends would say to me, but you're already super thin. I'm like, no, I'm not. Look. And I'll just grab some fat. I'm like, no, people can't see that. Because I was comparing my body to some Victoria's Secret model or some super skinny. Uh, a runway model that that's not realistic and most women are not like that i don't have that body and so even though i was open with my um nakedness in some levels but i wasn't with others does that make sense Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah, I think a lot. You know, I had a
0: lot of eating disorders growing up. So the when you're super thin and you can still think that you're grabbing handfuls of fat, and everybody's yeah. like, they they don't get it, but you can't. You're yeah. like literally seeing that as humongous fat. Yeah, I've I've been there, and I know that eating disorders are not about fat. <laughs> it's not. It's that's just the symptom of it. So I, I do.
1: Absolutely. I,
0: I'm not fully grasping what you're talking about, but I am relating to it
1: on some level. And then yeah. just so I. I noticed I kind of went sideways. I was like, "Oh, that's what we're talking about." So I really, you say you're not grasping it. I really want to make sure that it's super clear what I'm saying because if you're not grasping it, chances are other people are not as well. So, uh, what is? How can I? Uh, what other questions do you have for me so I can unpack for you think it's super clear?
0: Yeah, I think you're super clear. I think they're not grasping everything. Is my head trying to wrap around? the 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 dysfunction of self
2: that okay. would make
0: one you know be triggered by the topic or by being naked, yeah. but I definitely understand the freedom of being able to jump in a shower because your family doesn't judge you and you're in a safe environment, and it's yeah. normal and nobody's looking really. It's just it is what right. it, it's. Like, We don't look at a window and assess it because it's just a window, you know?
2: So I I kind of gathered that. And then, Mm -hmm. and I think the question I have for you is
0: running around with freedom, no shame, Mm -hmm. just living life and being in a safe environment and loving family, then what would trigger the body dysmorphia? And how would that come about? And how is that related to our sexuality?
1: Yeah, that's a big question. I'll try to answer as simply as I can. So we live in a society that worships a certain body type. And so if you are anywhere out of that little tiny box of this measurement, then there's something wrong with you. And so I don't know uh, when you grew up, but I grew up in the 90s with Barbie dolls. Barbie dolls were had really long legs, really tiny waist and perky boobs and long blonde hair, and I'm nothing like that. And so and I always would look up in the mirror and not like what I saw. Also, I had freckles as a child. I wore glasses that were really thick back then. And so I used to get picked on a lot as a kid. So I didn't have, it. I didn't think I was pretty. And once I remember it was about 14, a man said to me, it was older, it was like in 2021. 20, it's like, your freckles are so beautiful. And I got really upset. I'm like, how dare you make fun of me in my face? And I just cried because I couldn't receive the compliment because in my head, it was, it, it was hammered in that beauty was Blonde, blue eyes, tall, like a Barbie doll. And I'm a brunette. I'm not that tall. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have that body shape. And so, in my mind, beauty was just that, whatever was in the magazine, we didn't have or whatever like
2: that. we, <laughs> yeah, or whatever
0: we took on as our version of beauty.
2: Because I used to
0: think that the only women that were were beautiful, and if I could choose. I would be five foot to five, three dark hair, like Asian or, you know, some other like Brown. That was my idea of the most beautiful woman ever. (laughs) And then we have somebody who is that along those lines of beauty saying, no, I wish I was, you know, skinny and blonde. It's crazy how we,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. we
0: see value in something that we're not instead
1: of something that we are that we are or that we have so I can see you're blonde and have fair skin and then you wanting the opposite so I have curly wavy hair and I always wanted super straight hair and my friends that have super straight hair they're always like I love your mane your curls are so gorgeous and I'm like and why is that we always want something that we don't have and I sat with that for a long time in my sexuality and in my, in, in my femininity as well, I was like, why am I always wanting something that I don't have? And over time, I understood that it had to do with my upbringing. It was part of my culture. We always want what we don't have. Like the saying goes, the grass is always greener on the other side. So that was what was given to me as programming. I didn't even know. But that was the case until I started questioning. And I go, but hang on a second. What if the grass is greener on this side? What would happen? And I started exploring that. What would happen if the grass was greener on this side? And what if I am beautiful? And what if I am liberated? And what if I have a sexy body? What if I am this instead of always looking at what I don't have? Because it felt bad. It felt, oh, contracted and yucky. And then I understood that I was addicted to that feeling.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Like
1: truth bomb, folks, (laughs) is we are addicted to the yucky feeling. And when things are not yucky, we find ways to to do that to ourselves, because it's familiar. And this is true, not just with your body image, with your sexuality, but it's also true in business, in relationships, with health. When things are going really well, we go, hang on a second, that's not how the script goes. Let's shake things up a bit and go back to what's familiar, even if the familiar is uncomfortable and is not what we ideally like to have in our conscious mind. But this is all Subconscious. It's all running in the background. And if you don't know what you don't know, you can't really do anything about it.
0: Yeah. So if somebody's listening and
1: resonating with all
0: of these finding beauty in someone else and not seeing in yourself and addicted to the feeling and all this stuff, what are the what are some ways somebody can start shifting this programming and mindset and perspectives? to create more pleasure in their life?
1: Oh, wow, I love this question. Well, the first thing really is to pause and take a deep breath and just acknowledge that it's absolutely okay to be where you are, that you are beautiful as you are, as is. Even if you may go, oh, I got stretch marks and I have extra fat and I'm not as tall and I'm not this and that. And the truth is, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And if you can't see beauty in yourself, it'll be quite challenging for others to give you what you would like to have if you are not ready to receive it. So first you gotta acknowledge, even if you don't believe it. There's a saying it goes, fake it till you make it. So look at yourself in the mirror. Pause, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm.
2: And acknowledge that even though you may not see your beauty, you
1: are beautiful. And just because you haven't been able to see it until now doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be forever. First, acknowledging, breathing, acknowledging, and then sitting with the uncomfortable feelings because stories will come up. Oh, no, but but that person and that person and when I was this age, this happened and then whatever and it's okay. They're just past uh, stories, just memories that haven't been integrated yet, that haven't been healed, that haven't been addressed. And um, it's, it's, just, it's just baggage. It's just old stuff. And today is not that day, 20, 30, 50 years ago. Today is today. And there's always the opportunity to choose differently.
2: Yeah. Just a choice. Uh, and, a, and practicing If you
1: that. don't know what you don't know, you can't choose. It's like your subconscious is choosing for you. It's yeah. like a computer programming or an app on your phone. It's just doing its thing in the background. But once you have awareness of that, then you can start taking steps
2: towards to change. Learning a habit takes time.
1: And letting go of a habit also takes time. So it's not something that happens overnight, but it's something that you can take steps toward. So, for example, if you say, I want to run a marathon, you don't just decide today you're going to run a marathon and then tomorrow you go run 10 miles. (laughs) You wouldn't last probably like half a mile or something like that, especially if you've never, if you haven't trained for a long time or if you've never exercise but if you decide I'm going to run a marathon and every day you start taking little steps towards that so tomorrow you go buy your running shoes and your running clothes and then you wake up earlier and you run a little bit five minutes today 10 minutes tomorrow 15 minutes and 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 it's with, with time you start developing that ease with running and the same is true with um, your body image or how you feel about yourself. First, you gotta see where you're at. Like, wow, I'm gonna run a marathon, but oh, I'm really unfit. Just because you may be unfit today doesn't mean that that's not possible for you in a period of time. And the same is true with how you feel about your body, your pleasure, your sex appeal, your ability to to receive pleasure. If it's not happening for you today, it's okay. Just acknowledge that, that you're not there yet. It doesn't mean that it won't happen over time.
0: Yeah, I definitely believe that if you have a desire, you will seek that no matter what. You're seeking it somehow, some way. Yeah. So there's some trust in that. If you set your mind to that
1: desire,
2: it's yeah. going to so show up and yeah. you'll be led to.
1: What happens with that, though, is that we have a conscious mind and we have a subconscious mind. So consciously, we may say, yes, I want that. But subconsciously, you may have a contradictory belief. And so you, are, um, you, you work with businesses and you, you've seen that a lot of business owners, they self-sabotage. They say, I want to do this. I'm totally doing that. And yet they can't follow through. It's not because they don't have the desire. But is that their subconscious programming, their, their childhood stuff is firing in the background. So there's a contradiction on, I want this, this is, I'm not good enough, or I don't believe I can have it, or I'm not worthy of this. So then there, there's this back and forth of making progress and then sabotaging. And the same is true with the pleasure, with the body image, with eating disorders, is that subconsciously, the the, the programming is outdated. It's like there's a bug in the system. And so you can say, I want this. But if you don't believe subconsciously that you can have it, your shit's going to fire all the time. And, there, and you start noticing there's a pattern in your life. I know there was for me in relationships. I'm like, I want a guy that would love me and worship me and treat me like the queen I am. <laughs> and then the guy would appear and I'm like, oh, no, too boring not interesting. Oh no, I like the bad boy that doesn't call me that, you know, but he rides a Harley Davidson and, and you know and he makes he makes my heart go. You know, he always leaves me on the edge and the guy that was super predictable, super nice that walked his talk, that wanted to lick the floor before I walk. I'm like, oh no, doesn't do anything for me. And little did I know that it was just my childhood patterns laying out and once I heal that I could receive this man who loves me worships me treats me like the queen goddess that I am and more and now I'm able to receive it and that is available to everybody that is willing to go through the discomfort and dealing with their stuff because there's no way to the other side other than through it. You can't go around it. You can't sweep under the rug. You are going to have to feel uncomfortable. And the only way to get to the other side is looking at your stuff, being challenged and It's all worth it. Once you get to the other side, it's like, what? I used to live that way. Yeah, that's not. I do not excuse those men. This is so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but while you're going through the transformation, it's challenging. If you think of a butterfly, before it becomes a butterfly, there's a whole process from caterpillar to chrysalis to mushy, mushy. And then the beauty of the butterfly comes on Mm -hmm. the other side doesn't happen overnight but it does happen
0: yes and it's a beautiful process absolutely So, what do you tell women who are resonating with this and they are feeling that desire to tap into their pleasure and find their beauty and love themselves more and what would what would that look like if they wanted to work with you and how would they how would they go about this
1: yeah. Great question. How would you go about this? So, well, first you need to decide that where you're at is not where you're going to be forever. So your past is not a life sentence. It's not, not set in stone. So just because it hasn't happened for you, whether that be an orgasm or feeling sexy or having your ideal body image or loving the image you see in the mirror, it doesn't matter that can change and that is a process usually it takes about three months minimum depending on what your background is especially if you have a a religious upbringing christian upbringing then that period doubles to at least six months because there's a lot more undoing and deprogramming to do and the thing is with the holistic work is is not just talking and picking your brains for for the past experiences, but is going um doing healing with the body. So most people are not connected to their bodies, to their intuition, to their body wisdom, because they would from a young age you need to be quiet you you can't be so expressive oh what you're feeling is nothing I'm going to give you a reason to cry if you what blah blah or whatever it was and so we learn to not be safe in our bodies Uh, some women girls were touched inappropriately when they were little and they realized that their bodies weren't safe and so there is that piece that needs to be healed and so what we do is there are a series of exercises and practices. They're all body-based that teaches the body to create its own safety. So you no longer have to block the feeling piece. Because feeling sometimes can be painful, especially if you were never given the tools to process what the emotion was or processing the hurt or processing the whatever the feeling was. And so we do a lot of body-based practices, body love practices, which involve tools that you already have. So breath, sound, touch, and then you will tune into awareness to really feeling your body in ways that feel safe for you and recognizing when you feel unsafe. So, then you get a choice. So, we talked earlier about choice. And one of the most powerful things that you can have is freedom of choice. Because if you are not choosing, it's like you are in a prison of the past, you're in the prison of your beliefs. And once you understand where that is coming from, you can choose. Once you learn to identify what is coming up and you have the tools to process that. Next level. (laughs) And these are all simple practices. They don't take more than 20 minutes at a time. And it's a gradual process of creating that relationship where your body becomes your best friend and not your enemy. So instead of like, why are you, why are you, sorry, we're going to say something. I was going to say, that sounds like an
0: amazing experience to have your own body, be your own best friend. Yeah. Because we're not mean to our best friends.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. I know for myself, I, even though I I had a, a slim body, I always wanted it to be different. Um, my boobs are not like this and my belly is not like that and my thighs are not like this and my arms whatever it was or my face or and I've gone through such a big journey from really hating my body and not accepting what it was to absolutely loving and worshiping and and having this this relationship that that is so nurturing, because now I actually listen to what my body wants versus in the past, I would override it because I, I thought I knew better because my mind was running the show and my body was, was being oppressed. And especially working in the sex industry, there were many times I didn't want to have sex with certain clients, but I would think of the money. So in other words, I was literally raping myself for money and allowing others to touch me in ways that I didn't want to be touched because all I could think was the money. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take the money. Yeah, that, that's easy work. I just lie on my back and, and just let some dude pound me, <laughs> not realizing how that was creating so much tension and trauma in my body. Because I knew I didn't want to do that. My body was really tense. And I just think of the money. And my mantra was think of the money, think of the money, think of the money. You have about 30 minutes left. And I'll keep looking at the clock and just taking it when I knew that that's not what my body wanted. And yet I chose to think of the money. And it took me a long time to undo the damage that I, it was self-imposed because I chose to work in the industry and I felt so empowered because I was doing all those things. But then at the same time, it was very disempowering from an embodiment level. And now I'm on the other side of that. And and it was a a big journey from uh, having to acknowledge that I put my body through all that pain because I didn't know any better, and so creating that compassion towards myself for my ignorance, because I didn't know. And if you have a, a less than ideal relationship with your body, is not your fault. If what you see in the mirror is not something that you like, it's not because. It's because you never were taught to love your body image. You were always taught to like what's not there it's like that grass is greener on the other side type of thing and so it so know that there's nothing wrong with you it's not your fault it's just that you were never equipped with the tools that would give you that relationship with your body with your pleasure with you know that, that you love you for who you are how you are the way you look it's just that we're not given these tools, but they're there. They exist. And I can yeah. tell you with certainty that, that once you choose to, that where you're at is not where you want to be and you're willing to invest time and energy, the other side is something that, that the mind can't even grasp. You have to experience because life becomes a, a felt experience. so it's not, lived on the mind is not translated with the mind, but it's really felt in the body, the pleasure of walking uh, in the sunshine and feeling the sun, the warmth on your skin, or feeling the breeze of, you know on a hot day, a cool breeze on your skin, or feeling someone's touch, not in a way that, that is superficial, but you can feel it with every cell of
2: your body. I think one thing you said that really stood out to me was <clears throat> compassion and softness for yourself.
0: You know, when you, when you've done something or put yourself through something or whatever it is to be compassionate because you didn't know. I mean, if we knew we yeah. wouldn't do it, if we already knew everything and we were healed and and perfect and we wouldn't be doing those, those things. So compassion,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Just,
0: just, I didn't know. Being compassionate.
1: Huh. Yeah. Yeah, because we are, again, we were never given the tools. And I don't know where you grew up, but I grew up in a very uh, psychologically, emotionally, and physically abusive household. So nothing was ever okay. Too loud, too expressive, too quiet, too, never, nothing is good enough. Nothing is. So you learn to just, okay, how can I win in this situation? Who do I need to be? to survive and to gain my parents' love or to gain my caregiver's love. So you lose yourself and your sense of identity when you are developing just to fit in in, in uh, an, somebody else's ideal, which usually would be your parents' or caregiver's ideal of what a, a good girl would be like. And because that starts in our th- developmental years, we don't even know that that's what's happening. Until today, now this may be the first time you are hearing this. And, and if that's you, and this is bringing up emotions and tension and, and ooh, in your body and you're feeling triggered, I invite you to take a deep breath and, and to acknowledge that this is actually a good sign. This is your body saying to you, yep, yeah. yes, yeah, sister, we got
2: some work to do. And it's okay. You know, I, I see. So I was very sensitive,
0: highly empathic my whole life. And I uh, am, you know, living with a family of people that tortured your soul because you're too sensitive for their shit. I would just <laughs> recluse myself. I became, well, you know, ex, I'm an introvert anyway. But then you just get to a place where that's your preference. So when you get into a relationship, it's so much stimulus having that energy around and so much, so much, so much, so much. And I found myself destroying relationships because I needed to be alone to be able to just handle surviving, mm-hmm. <laughs> even, if, even if it's not even dysfunctional. And yeah. so I, I see that caused a lot of damage. Um, so undoing that within a relationship is very difficult. but, but it was a survival technique. And, and that's the only time I felt pleasure is when I'm by myself because I, there was calm, there was peace. I could read my book. I didn't have to worry about what was happening.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Definitely see a correlation to everything that you're talking about. And, and I love, I love this conversation. You know, we could go on forever. We're going to have to do another one, but I, I really thought about, the, you know, so many things that you said, I could take in so many different directions with lots of questions, but just, you know, there was earlier today, I was with a, a client in a session and bringing up a correlation to business where we're putting other people before ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and it came down to, that's what we learned to do with sexual yeah. abuse, yeah. hurry up and give them what they want. And then t- so we can get on with life. Just give it yeah. to them, just yeah. get it over with. <laughs> and yeah. so you learn all along the way, you, you never see you, there are just times you don't even say no, because you just want to get it over with, hurry up and get it over with so we can get on. And I see that in a lot of things, but for it to show up in business where you're like, I said, why are they more important than you? You mm-hmm. know? And, and I see a lot of correlation to what you're talking about with, with what we do with our self-esteem and our self-worth in yeah. every area
1: of our life. Yeah yeah, and that, and that is spot on, because girls were, for the most part, taught to be pleasers and to not question, to not argue. And like I grew up in, in the 90s, right? So I watch my cultural upbringing, and the women serve the man. They, a lot of the, the women didn't work back then. So I'm from Brazil originally, so the culture is a little bit different than it is in the U.S. and other parts of the world, but is, you know, so the the couple is together, the man earns a lot of money, the woman is a housewife, or she is uh, a trophy wife. So that was my modeling of what being a woman was. And I know...
0: So your own passions and your own dreams, and you're left no. to please someone.
1: That's right. So, you uh, so, so I end up going to a very expensive school, private school, and all my friends had parents who were had really high up um, careers. And I noticed that whenever I would go play at my friend's house, how the, the mother was always all dolled up and, and in service to the household. And they didn't have jobs they didn't you know they they lived for the family and to and the the appearances as well so they would be the, the yeah the trophy wife
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so that was my modeling <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: so how can somebody get a hold of you or find you or work with you if this is resonating with them and they
1: want to they want to do the work yeah, well, if you want to do the work, um, I do offer one-on-one, um, minimum three-month coaching uh, programs, and you can find me at beabliss.com, B-I-A-B-L-I-S-S.com. I do have an online course that is a six-week pleasure awakening journey, which is a do-it-at-your-own-pace program. And that is at pleasureawakening.com. I'm also um, on Facebook and Instagram. I must say that I'm not very active on those platforms. It does my head in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more of an email person, uh, if you're not. But you can still follow me on social uh, at viabliz.com. facebook or at be a bliss coach on instagram
0: and we'll put those links in there for your your courses and your coaching in the the description of the episode so make it easier for them to to find you and reach out and thank you so much for sharing this topic and i was unsure how or what direction this was going to end up going and you know i'm the rebel the black sheep the so i want to push all those buttons you know I want to dive into it and look at it straight in the face and and then so you never really know how far to take anything Um, but I think this was really beautiful and really perfect so thank you for sharing everything and
1: yeah thank you for having me it's it's such a pleasure for me to to talk about this topic because it's such a taboo and such a Hush, 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 we don't talk about this. And these are dinner table conversations in my world. And, and people are always like, you do what for a living? Can I ask you a question? You are an escort. So people feel like they, they can actually talk to me and not feel judged. So I My intention in bringing this world, not this world, this world out to the world is so that we can normalize these conversations because the truth is most people are having sex at one point or another in their lives and they are looking in the mirror and they are I mean we all got a body right so we might as well have a good relationship with our bodies and our pleasure and and, and that instead of always oh, the grass is greener on the other side so I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to 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 share this with more people. And uh, also, if you have any questions, just feel free to send me a message and just share that you uh, heard about my work with uh, Christy's podcast, and I'll be more than happy to chat with you and give you more information if needed.
0: Yeah, we'll put that in the chats in the description. And
2: thank you so much. And thanks for watching. And we'll see you on the other side.
1: Thank you so much.